So we are um, actually concluding this series today, um, Life in the Desert. Um, Next week, we'll be starting a new series on the Gospel of Mark. And this series will take us all the way to Easter. So just to remind you to be, to be praying for those people on your 360 card, if you're doing that, and, and you know, take those opportunities to have spiritual conversations with people and talk with them about Jesus or invite them to church if they don't have one. Um, and, but like I said, we'll be starting that new series next week that will take us all the way to Easter Sunday. Uh, but today we're concluding the series Life in the Desert um, we've been following the Israelites as they've been wandering through the desert and, and um, as we've been studying just even Moses' life and his leadership. Again, last, uh, last year, we, we did a series in the beginning part of his life. It kind of took us through Egypt, and, and we stopped after they went through the Red Sea. Again, this series, we picked right back up there. Uh, now, as they moved to this next season of their life and, and interaction with God as they were in the desert. And, and we know that this, again, we saw last week, right, as we were kind of looking at the overall picture of this, that, that they were not supposed to be in the desert very long. Right? In fact, that they were supposed to go through the desert just to the promised land. And in fact, it was not a very long journey. And yet in the midst of that is they continue to, uh, to struggle, to make mistakes, to, to get off track. And, and this, this sh- what should have been a short journey turned into literally 40 years of wandering. Right? And as we saw that, um, you know, as we've, we've followed them, we've, as they've been in the desert, we've seen all these different keys that God has given them and, and instructions. And he says, this is how you get through the desert. Right? And, and yet we know that God was with them even when they messed up. And so many times in our lives and even in our faith, we find ourselves in those desert times. Right? We find ourselves where everything feels dry, where we're not sure where we're headed. We feel like we're wandering and and we're not sure what's next. And in those times is when we have to, or should, turn to God even more. In fact, that's when we need to claim the different promises of God. And we see one of those promises in Isaiah 43. This has been our theme verses for this, this series. Um, in Isaiah, again, leading up to these verses, um, they're kind of reminded about their time in Egypt, and about how God delivered them, right, and took them through the Red Sea. And then uh, starting in verse 18, it says, But forget all of that, for that is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am going to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Again, there's some incredible promises of God here. Right? He says, yes, you are going through this season of life. This is a transition into the next season of blessing. But in the midst of the desert, right, is get through it. Right? He says God is making a pathway for them. Right? And the whole point of, of that pathway is to get you out of the desert. Again, we looked at, I talked about this 23rd Psalm last week, right? And just as that, that Psalm says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And that's a big point is we they can't stay there. Right? We need to rely on God to get us through these hard, those hard times, those desert seasons. Because notice he says that I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. Uh, and that's many times in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is represented by water. Right? And what the Holy Spirit brings into our life, right? That just in this, he brings, you know, refreshment, right? And, and cleansing. Right? And uh, again, he hydrates us in the middle of this dry wasteland. We can claim those promises of God and know that he's with us no matter what we're facing as we work our way through those desert times of life and even of faith. 
We've learned through this series, we've seen that God gives them directions to the Israelites and gives them these keys on how to get through the desert. Um, Life key number one that we learned is to focus on God and his power to work through issues. So many times we end up focusing on, on the issues instead of on God. Right? And walking with God doesn't mean we won't have issues, but it just means that God was there to help us through them. Right? And instead of focusing on the issues, we put our focus on God and on his power that we don't have to figure out on our own. We can rely on God right, to get us through. Then life in the desert, key number two, is to rely on trusted, like-minded people to help you. You were not created to do life alone. First and foremost, you're created to do life in relationship with God, right, with your creator. He loves you more than you can imagine. And you're supposed to do life with him in that relationship, and, and not only with him, but also with other like-minded people. And we find unity in Christ. Right, whether it's in our church or in a different church or in CMA or in all these different ministries, right, we, we are unifying because of Jesus. And in fact, we're, the, this, this key really describes what the church is supposed to be. Right, is like-minded people coming together to help each other as we all move towards Christ. Like life in the desert, key number three, we learn to submit to the sovereignty of God. Like, sovereignty is this big, fancy theological word that talks about God's authority, right? That he is, he's the Alpha and Omega. He is God. He's the creator, right? He gets to decide what the rules are, right? Because he's sovereign. His is all-powerful. Again, we can learn and understand God's sovereignty, but the hardest part of this key is the submit part, right? Will we submit to God's sovereignty? Will we give up our way and our will, right, and submit to the Lord? And say, Lord, your way is better than mine, right? I, I give that up to you. And in life in the desert, key number four is don't abandon God's plan for the quick fix. Because we saw this one, and again, that so many times, like, right, we think we know better than God does, right? We say, like, God, I've got this all figured out. All you, need, you just need to do this at this time, and we'll all be good. And God's like, really? I'm not sure that's probably the best plan. Right? We know what we want, and we want it now. Right? And, and yet, this key reminds us right, that God's plan is always better. Even his timing is better. And don't make that trade. Right? Don't, don't trade God's plan for just a momentary fix. Because that's a dangerous trade. As we look at, at these keys, we've, we've followed the Israelites as they've gone through the desert as God was preparing them for the promised land. And last week, we left off at Numbers chapter 14. And this is where, again, they get to the promised land at first and within just, just a year after leaving Egypt. And, and God tells them, okay, now it's time to move into the promised land. And they send the spies and, the, and out of the 12 that go in there, they come back. Ten of them are scared and freaked out and give a negative report. Right? And, and they choose to abandon these four keys, right? And they want to just run back to their old comfort zone and go back to Egypt. Right? They're like, we'll just find a new leader. We'll abandon Moses. We'll just do that. Right? And they choose to abandon these four keys. Now, we saw last week there were four people in the entire nation that did not make that choice. Right? It was Joshua and Caleb, which were two of the spies, and it was Moses and Aaron. And they, again, encouraged and said, no, let's, let's st- stay committed to these keys. Let's, let's follow what God's telling us to do because he's delivering this land for us. Let's go take it. 
And yet the nation did not make that choice. And we saw last week, right, that then the judgment of that choice was that God told that entire generation that they would not enter the promised land. And we saw that, that God took this, this first census, right, of, of all of these people in the nation, and, and, and they, their judgment was saying, like, no, now you will wander. And this, this short journey then turns into 40 years of them wandering. Right, as this generation dies off so that the next generation can come in behind them and take possession of the promised land. In fact, that's what we see in the following chapters of Numbers, is, is we see this, this transition from this first generation that abandoned these keys and did not live this out and push God away to this, this, this slow transition as they start to die off and as that cycle right, is broken by this next generation and they seek the Lord and they actually live out these keys as they're wandering and they're learning all these lessons and, and we see slowly as God transforms this entire nation and then as they pass the baton onto this next generation. As we continue through the book of Numbers, um, there's, we start to see this transition start to take place. The next kind of highlights of the rest of the book of Numbers is in Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, um, is the bronze snake. This is a, a very significant story, even though it's only like five verses. Okay, this is, is, is very significant for a few reasons. One is this, this entire um, story and this idea of the snake on the pole, it's, it's very foreshadowing what Christ will do. They, uh, again, they look to the snake to be saved, and it's up on a pole, right, just like Jesus on the cross. They, and this, this is a foreshadowing of what Jesus will accomplish. They, but not only that, but this is also the last place that we see the Israelites complain to God. Again, this is a cycle that we have gotten very used to, isn't it, right? We've seen this happen so many times, as we've seen through this series. As the, the Israelites, they're, they're told to do this, but then they don't like what's happening, so they complain against God, they complain against Moses, and then they get judgment based on those complaints, right? And God puts them back in place, and then they go to that, and this cycle continues. This is the last place we see that happen. Yeah, and this is significant because it starts to show, right, that this, this first generation of whiners... Right, is now dying off, and the majority starts to take over, right, that is fo focused on God and not at that same mentality. This is the last place we see. This is where that cycle stops. Okay, the next significant thing that we see happening in Numbers chapter 26 um, is where God takes the second census. They okay, so say, remember, the first one is that he takes, takes the census, counts up all those males 20 years and older, and, and all those, that, that marks the generation that will not inherit the promised land. Now, this, this second one is where God goes back and confirms to them that this generation has now passed, and now this new generation will take over and receive the blessings of God in the promised land. And then right after that, in Numbers 27, is where Joshua is chosen and anointed to be the next leader of Israel. Okay, this is where Moses is, is now end, reaching the end of his life. He knows that. God directs him and says, now you will take Joshua, right? One of those two spies. And Joshua was also close. Um, he was like Moses' um, helper. He was with him a lot. They, and so he kind of learned the way that how Moses led. And, and so now um, he officially passes the baton of leadership. Joshua is now anointed as the next leader of the nation. Yeah, and, it's, and from here, from Numbers 27, as this all happens, this is where now the nation starts to actually find victory. 
In fact, there's some stories at the end of Numbers where they were going through the different nations and they actually um, got into conflicts with nations and they won. Right? They start to actually find victory. Right? Like, this is where they are starting on out of the desert. This is when the light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter and brighter. And they're like, yes, there is hope. And not only just hope, but it's actually happening. This is where they start to realize as that light is getting brighter, that it's actually not a train coming to run them over. Because that's what it's felt like every time, right? And now here, they're ready to transition, to move on. And then we see, um, as, the, as the book of Numbers concludes, then we move into the last book that describes where Moses is involved, and that is the book of Deuteronomy. So that's going to be our main text for today. So if you have your Bible with you, please open with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1. If you're here uh, with us in person and don't have your own Bible, there are Bibles provided for you in the seats that you're welcome to use. Then you'll notice the page numbers included on where you can find this passage in those Bibles. So as we open up here, we're going to start with Deuteronomy uh, chapter 1, verse 1, um, where we see Moses um, addresses the entire nation of Israel. Here, Deuteronomy 1, starting at verse 1. It says, These are the words that Moses spoke to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. They were camped in the Jordan Valley near Suf between Paran on the one side and Trophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dezahab, on the other. Look, I got, I got all those out. I did a good job. Okay, verse 2. Normally it takes only 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going the way of Mount Sire. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addresses the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. This took place after he had defeated King Sahan of the Amorites, who had ruled in Hezbon, and the King, King Og of Bashan, who had ruled in Asheroth and Edrei. While the Israelites were in the land of Moab, east of the Jordan River, Moses carefully explained the Lord's instructions as follows. You know, we're going to pause right there, right, before we just take a deep breath, and then we're going to read the entire book of Deuteronomy together this morning. No, I'm joking. We're not going to do that. Okay, but this is where he, he does, I mean, he addresses, this is Moses' swan song. Right? This is his last address. This is when everything that's on his chest that he's learned, that he, he's grown in, that he's taught them, this is where he gets it all off. Right? This is his last address. And throughout the chapters in Deuteronomy, Moses reviews their story. He reminds them about all the things that God has done and all the mistakes they made and how God's been gracious and come back and taught them these lessons over and over again. It reminds me of them of all of these keys, of all of the commandments given. Remember all of the law, right? And he, he repeats a lot of them in Deuteronomy. Remember, they're all 613 of them, right, that we saw last week. Even with that is he also talks to them about what's coming, right? And that as they enter into this, to do all this, and, and he gives them some advice, right, on how to prosper after the desert and how to live into this. And again, part of that is he lets them know, he's like, hey, guys, you are still going to struggle, right? There are going to be times when you are going to fall away from God. And he even gives them advice on, on how to get through those seasons. He says, don't forget these lessons. And, and he gives them a few kind of new things in the midst of all of this review. And, and he, again, this is advice about how to prosper after the desert. Because they're getting ready to leave the desert, right? To go into the promised land. Right? And so many times, I think, in our lives and in our faith, when we're in those desert times, right? It's time to embrace it and move on. And yet, that can be the hardest thing, right? Is to, is to give up the past, right? We, we go back and we continue to 
to mull that over and feel the guilt and not forgive ourselves, right, about those seasons and those mistakes. And, and again, here in the midst of this, Moses gives them some ways to prosper after the desert, to not only leave, but also to make sure that you don't end up back there again. Okay, the first thing that he, that he presents to them and how to prosper after the desert is, is he tells them to make God the focus of their life. Okay, make God the focus of your life. I mean, this is the first thing, right? It's the, I mean, it's the very first commandment. It's the one we see over and over and over again all the time. Just, it's always about God. God first. Right now, as we see this, he introduces it a little different way. In fact, he gives them even ways to, to live this out, right? To make sure that it's true. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 through 9, is where he gives them this instruction. Now, this is a very famous passage, especially in Jewish circles. Okay, this is known as the Shema. You know, they pray these prayers all, all the time. This is one that they pray twice a day. Okay, this is what it says in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. It says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Um, Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Again, this passage is one that they take very literally. In fact, if you're around a, a, an Orthodox Jewish person, they literally have pieces of scripture on their doorposts, on their gates. They wear them, right, on their, just exactly as it says here. They take this very literally, but it's also something that, you know, that is new to them. Right, that Moses is giving them and saying, do this every day. Right, because the more that you do it, when it becomes a regular part of your routine, then it will always focus your life back on God. Right, and, and make God the focus of your life. Take God with you everywhere you go. Talk about it all the time. Right, and not just for you, but pass it on to these other generations to make sure that they get it too. Right, so that you again break this cycle, right, of pushing God away. Make God the focus of your life every day, every time you leave, every time you come home, right? All of your thoughts, all of your actions. Okay, the next thing that God tell or that God tells them through Moses, God right, how to prosper after the desert, comes in and later in Deuteronomy, right, where he reminds them that when you mess up. Let God transform your heart back to him. When you mess up, again, and remember, he tells him, he's like, hey, guys, there are going to be times where you, you drift, right? That, that you mess up. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30, uh, verses 1 through 10. So flip with me over to Deuteronomy 30. Okay, and this is where he reminds them again to, when you stray away, come back to the Lord. Okay, Deuteronomy 30, we're going to pick up at verse 1. Where he says, so in the future, when you experience all these blessings and curses I've listed for you, and when you are living among the nations to which the Lord your God has exiled you, take to heart all these instructions. If at that time you and your children return to the Lord your God, and if you obey with all your heart and all your soul and all the commands I've given you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. He will have mercy on you and gather you back from all the nations where he has scattered you. 
Even though you are banished to the ends of the earth, the Lord your God will gather you from there and bring you back again. The Lord your God will return you to the land that belongs to your ancestors, and you will possess that land again. And then he will make you even more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and soul, and so you may live. The Lord your God will inflict all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate and persecute you. And then you will again obey the Lord and keep all his commands that I am giving you today. The Lord your God will then make you successful in everything you do. He will give you many children and numerous livestock, and he will cause your fields to produce abundant harvest. For the Lord will again delight in being good to you as he was to your ancestors. The Lord your God will delight in you if you obey his voice and keep the commands and decrees written in this book of instruction. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Again, as we look through scripture, as we see, you know, God's desire, right, is that it's always about the condition of your heart. And yes, God does care about what we do. Right? But it always starts with your heart. That's exactly what we're saying today, right? It's from the inside out. Right? That's where faith starts. It starts in your own heart. Are you committed to God? Are you submitting to let God's spirit transform your heart? Now he says, when you mess up, let God give you a new heart. Let him mold out of all that that took you down the wrong path, right? And, and truly repent. And, and again, repentance isn't just confession, but it's about going in a new direction so you don't go back there again. Let God transform your heart. So to prosper after the desert, we make God the focus of our life. When we mess up, we let God transform our hearts back to him. And, and the, the, the last thing that, that he tells them, the last bit of advice, is that no matter what God tells you to do, be strong and courageous. Right? No matter what God tells you to do, do it. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Be strong and be courageous. And again, because if God's telling you to do it, then he will provide a way for you to do it. If God's telling you to do it, he will give you the power you need. He will give you the, the provision you need. Right? If God is telling you to do it, then just embrace it. Because God will give you everything you need. So you just be strong and courageous. Right? The first part of this is knowing what God's telling you to do. Right? And we learn, and it's the, again, it's listen to God's voice. And now once you know what God's telling you, then it's just a matter of obedience. Will you do it? And yet he tells them in Deuteronomy 31, right, that no matter what God tells you to do, be strong and courageous and fulfill it completely. Okay, we're going to read Deuteronomy 31, starting at verse 1. He says, when Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land just as he destroyed Sihon and Gog, the kings of the Amorites. And the Lord will hand over to you the people who live there and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And then Moses called for Joshua and 
As all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you, and he will never fail you nor abandon you. These are incredible promises of God. He says, if you are just obedient to what I'm telling you to do, right, that I will never fail you, I'll never abandon you, just be strong and courageous. Go take what I am giving you. Right, God has already done his part. He says, now you go take possession of what he's giving you. And as we, as we think about this, right, that's the same concept of the gospel that we saw last week. God has already done everything he has to do for you to be saved. He sent Jesus to live that sinless life, to die on the cross, to rise again, and conquer sin and death. Right? God's already done his part. What you have to do is now be strong and courageous and receive him as your savior. And accept him into your life and surrender to his spirit and to his way. And to give it up. Right, be strong and courageous in that. Right, as we look at, at this advice, right, it's saying now that we, we've come to the end of the desert, now it's time to go into the next season. It's time to embrace the promised land. Okay, we see, again, he's reminding them, live out these four keys. Do not abandon them. Because the reality is these four keys will not only get you through the desert, but they will also keep you out of the desert. Right, as God gets you through them, God does not want you to go back. Do not go backwards in your faith. All right, in these same four keys, focusing on God and his power as we work through issues, rely on trusted, like-minded people to help you, submit to the sovereignty of God, don't abandon God's plan for the quick fix. These same things that get you out of the desert will keep you from ever going back. If you are strong and courageous, if you are obedient, right, if you live those out. As we see all of this kind of laid out from us, as Moses lays this out in front of the Israelites, right? as, as he, again, in these last moments of his life, because what happens now in the, in the chapters right after this is Moses goes up to, on Mount Nebo and, and he dies. Right? And as Moses pours this out, he is literally pleading with them. He's like, please understand this. I've laid this out for you. I've given you everything that God has told me to do. In fact, in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, okay, Moses says, he says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses, and now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that your descendants might live. You know, as I read these verses, there's a couple things. One is, I kind of sit back and be like, man, I wish he was more clear. Right, like, like, what's he really presenting, right? I mean, again, he's just so, he's like, you have a choice, right? You will either choose life or you will not choose life. He's like, go with God and you will find life. This is a clear choice. You either have life, and if you choose life with God, it will be life to the full, to the abundance of who God is. Life to the full. Where have I read that? Oh, wait, that was Jesus that said that. That's right. right and he says he's laying out, but you can also sense, right, the, the desperation in these verses. Right, because Moses is pleading with them. He's like, I've laid this out. You see this in front of you. 
Like, he's like, please, with everything that I am, this is, this, just please choose life. Do not go down that, that terrible road that leads to death. Right, of, of living in fear, of living in addiction, of living far from God, pushing him away. Like, don't choose that. Please choose life. In fact, we see um, Jesus right, makes this same plea right, to, to all of us, right? In John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus says to the people who believed in him. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Again, God is giving us an invitation. His arms are wide open. He says, I will give you, I've given you the truth and this truth will set you free. All you have to do is receive it. Make the right choice. Choose life. Right? And we are faced with that decision every single day. Will I choose life in Christ? Or will I go down the other road? Right? And we know where that, load, where that road leads, don't we? We've all been down that road. Don't you make that choice. That God's inviting you into the truth of who he is, of who we are, of how we need him as our Savior. Right, and what real life looks like. In the very next verse in Deuteronomy 30, right, Moses continues his thought where he says, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. Did you read that? Did you hear that? This is the key to your life. Right? This is the master key. Right? We've seen these other four keys, right? This is the big one. This is the math. This key opens every door. Circle that, right? The key to your life. What is the key? Love the Lord your God. Commit yourself to him and do what he tells you to do. Right? It really can be that simple. This is the key to life. This is what gives us the truth, right? The, the truth that sets us free, the abundant life. Like as Jesus says, if you die to yourself, you will find real life. This is the key. This is the master key. Right? And this, again, we're faced with this, right? This key to life, just to love God back because he already loves you. He's already paid the price for your sin. We just have to embrace it. You know, Romans 10, 9 and 10, it tells us if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Okay, this is where the journey starts. This is how you join the journey of faith, is you Again, receive Christ your Savior, invite him into your life, right? believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, uh, and you, then you, you start on a new road. And that new road is becoming more and more like Christ every single day. And again, if you're here today and you've never received Christ your Savior, I hope that you will do that today. 
This is the key to, to real life, is letting God in. Right? Receiving him as your savior. Okay, if you have received him as your savior, then my question is, are, are you stuck in the desert? If you are, right, then continue to seek the Lord. Seek him out, right? Recommit your life. Right? If, if, you're, if God's already leading you, then just praise the Lord, right? That, that you are saved and that he's transforming you every day. The fact that you are in the journey and being transformed by his spirit every day, that you make, make the same choice every day. No, I'm going to choose life. I'm going to submit to God every day. Right? That is an ongoing journey. Right? And no matter where you're at in your faith, I hope that you will move closer to Christ today. As we look back over the series, look through, through all the different mistakes that the Israelites made, right? the things that held them back from God. But I want to ask you this morning, as we wrap this up, how is your faith misplaced? What's keeping you from running up the mountain into God's presence? What is the golden calf in your life? What lies are you believing that is keeping you out of God's promised land? What is holding you back in your faith? What needs to change today to move you forward closer to Jesus today? It is time to get out of the desert and find your promised land with Jesus. Don't let it hold you back any longer. Let it go. Move on the next road. Make that choice. Choose life today. I know Rasim's going to lead us in a closing song as they do that. I just want to encourage you to get right with God today. Right? Make whatever step it is you've got to take. Okay, if you want to come forward and pray a prayer of salvation, uh, a prayer of confession, right? of, of if you just pray, you can come to the altar and you can pray on this side by yourself. You can stand and kneel. If you want to pray with somebody or be prayed over or help receiving Christ, the question to be answered, you can come over to this side and somebody will meet with you. They'll talk with you, pray with you, whatever you need. Okay, but embrace what God has for you today. Okay, and, and as we you know, ingest and, and contemplate this challenge right, that, that Moses laid out to us, I just want to give you the final thought this morning, and that's this. It's the very end of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 34, verses 10 through 12 where it says, there has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. And the same power that Moses had is the same power we have at our fingertips through Christ today. Wherever you're at in your life, wherever you're at in your faith, take a step closer to Christ today. Lord God, we will give up everything we have just to know you. And God, we thank you, Lord, that you've already done your part. Lord, you've done everything you need to do to save us. And God, I pray that as we go from here this week, Lord, that we will choose life. Lord, we will choose you. Lord, no matter what might be holding us back in life or in faith, God, we give it to you today. And God, we commit to living our faith every day. God, as we take your spirit from this place, Lord, as, as we fulfill everything you're calling us to do, Lord, we pray that your love and your light will shine through our lives every single day with every person we come in contact with. 
God, that we can have those opportunities, God, to share who you are, to give a hope to this lost and dying world. Lord, thank you for giving us the keys to life, to getting us out of the desert. Lord, and embracing incredibly blessed and anointed walk with you. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for transforming us. Thank you, God, for giving us open invitation to life and life to the full. And God, we will live out our faith as we go this week. Lord, we claim your presence. We will be strong and courageous in your power. And Lord, we will see you work. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you. In the precious, holy name of Jesus, we pray.